name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, we are celebrating the third Sunday of Epiphany. Now Christmas, we celebrated God coming to dwell with us in human form in the person of Jesus. But in Epiphany, we celebrate God further revealing his glory in Jesus as we learn more and more about who Jesus is and what he's come to accomplish in our world. Now, a few Sundays ago, we heard about the baptism of Jesus, and we learned about his identity as God's only son with whom God is well pleased. And then last week, we heard about Jesus' first miracle, the wedding at Cana, where he turned water into wine, the first of many signs that Jesus performed, demonstrating his power and causing the disciples and others to put their faith in him. So the question before us today, and the question that's always before us in Epiphany, is what else is being revealed to us about Jesus? Now this week in our gospel reading, we hear from Jesus himself, from his very own mouth, about who he is when he begins his ministry by announcing his mission in the world. We just heard Jesus proclaim, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. And what's remarkable here, it's not so much the the words that Jesus is reading, because after all, uh, they, they were from Isaiah, and probably well known to everyone in his audience. What was extraordinary was what followed. It's what Jesus said after he read these words. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus was saying that he is the anointed one. He is Israel's deliverer. He is the one who will be their leader in establishing a new kingdom. And scripture goes on to say that Jesus' audience liked what he was saying. They were impressed. They must have been intrigued and probably hopeful. After all, Israel had seen tremendous suffering, wars, invasion, and exile. And they were longing to be delivered from their Roman oppressors and restored to their glory. So when they heard that Jesus was telling them that the scripture from Isaiah, this is a scripture that talks about their restoration and their return to glory, when they hear him say it's been fulfilled in their hearing, You can imagine the hope this may have sparked. But then could they have had any idea what he was really saying in its true significance? That he would be the means of establishing a new kingdom, not only for Israel, but for the entire world. Now, those of us who are sitting here today or watching online, we have the full story. We know how it ends. We know it ends with a cross and a shameful death and a resurrection and the creation of a new people and a new kingdom beginning with the church, a kingdom where all of humanity is united together in the person of Christ. Now as a Christian, you're a member of this kingdom 
announced by Jesus on that day. Where all things that are broken will be restored, the captives will be released, the blind will receive sight, the oppressed will go free, where all things that are wrong will be made right. And this is truly good news. Well, let's take a closer look at what this kingdom looks like today. Jesus began his announcement about the inauguration of a new kingdom with the words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That same spirit that empowered Jesus was also bestowed on a body of people united in Christ, including us sitting here today to do his kingdom work. When you went into the waters of baptism, you were a self-contained individual. But when you came out, you were incorporated into the body and equipped by the Spirit to do Christ's work of bringing healing and freedom to a hurting world. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians in our reading today. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. And we'll see this unity in the body in a tangible form in a few minutes uh, when we come to the table and we'll share a meal together. And in this kingdom, this body, there's a place for everyone. There's no small or insignificant work. We also heard in our reading from 1 Corinthians today, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. Just like there is no unimportant parts of our body, there is not a single unimportant person in this body. Every one of you sitting here today and watching online belongs and has a unique and necessary contribution to make. And unlike other kingdoms, where the greatest honor goes to the best or the smartest or the richest in the body of Christ, we give the greatest honor to the least and the weakest members. This ensures that everyone will receive equal care and that no one's needs will take precedence to the neglect of others. Now, my question to you is what does your life look like if this is your reality? How would it change things if you went about every day resting in the security that above all, you are a beloved member in the kingdom of God? What would our community look like if we all accepted that every person here and watching online is an essential member of the body with important work that only they can do? Now, if you're doing anything like me, we forget our identity. On some days, I don't even make it to lunch before I seem to forget who I really am and where I belong. And negative or critical or impatient feelings start crowding in and hijacking my thoughts and my behaviors. I rush through my task list. I'm not present when my family is talking to me and needs my attention. I'm envious of people who do things better than me. But it's because 
I've forgotten that my true identity is rooted in God's love, safe in Christ's kingdom. And instead, I'm being driven by an identity that rests in my productivity, my success, and how others perceive me. But by the grace of God, I can never completely forget my true identity because God has imprinted me with his love. And he sends me reminders of who I am and where I belong by his spirit working through the members of that same body of which I'm a part. You're the reminders. My fellow members of Christ's body who demonstrate Christ's love for me by your actions. To cite a few examples, last Monday after it came out on Sunday that I was recovering from COVID, I received an email from Pam asking, how can I pray for you this week? And my good friend Chris Hemmingson called me on her way home from church on Sunday to ask how I was doing. She couldn't even wait till she got home. And not to mention all the other calls and texts and emails I received throughout the week. Now, maybe these things seem small. But we know from Paul today that even the smallest acts of service knit us together. And in the reality of Christ's kingdom, really, none of it is small. And when I'm reminded, often by you, that my home is in Christ's kingdom, resting in the security of God's goodness and unconditional love, and I carry that with me throughout the day, then I feel the most at peace, and I can flourish in my work. But we are forgetful people. In our Old Testament reading today, we heard a story about a people remembering their identity. We heard about how Nehemiah gathers the Israelites together to hear the reading of God's law. And what strikes me about this story is that the people wept. They wept when they heard the words of the law read. Why did they weep? Now, we don't know for certain, uh, but this event happens after the Israelites' homes had been destroyed and they were taken away to exile in Babylon. Finally, they were allowed to return and rebuild. And then they heard the reading of the law, a hugely significant event that reaffirmed and reclaimed their identity as God's chosen and beloved people. They remembered who they were, and they wept. Maybe it was relief and joy, or maybe it was mourning for all of those lost years spent away from the presence of God. A few weeks ago, I heard a story on the radio, you might have heard it, about a young man in China who was kidnapped and taken from his village home as a very young boy. He was given to another family hundreds of miles away, but he could never forget his home, and he always longed to return. But all he could remember was the physical layout of the village. So he sketched it out as best he could, and he posted it online. And as it turns out, his sketch was pretty accurate. Because through the wonders of social media, uh, people were able to tie to his home village, identify his family, 
And over 30 years after he was taken, he was reunited with his mother. And when he finally found his mother after 30 plus years, he removed her COVID mask, looked into her face, and wept. There is something about returning home, finally finding where we belong, that makes us want to weep. And even when we're far away from God, whether for a few days or for years, we never completely forget who we are and where we belong. God imprints his love on us, a longing for him. The grace of God is like a sketch that we carry around on our hearts that will eventually lead us back home and allow us to reclaim our true identity. And resting at last in God's love, we remember his covenants and we take up our work in his body. I want to invite you now to take a moment of silence as you reflect on where you find yourself today. Are you secure in your identity as a member of Christ's kingdom, an essential part of his body? Are you ready to take up the work that is waiting there for you? Or are you struggling to remember who you are and to find your way back home? This morning, we return to the table to be reminded that we are living members of Christ's body, strengthened by the spiritual food to do his good work. Let this meal do the work of nourishing you and assuring you that here today, in the kingdom of Christ, you're at home. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.